Welcome, everybody. We're glad you're with us as we uh, are going to continue on today in a series that's called Being, and uh, it's based on the Beatitudes. Uh, I, I do want to say it's, it's nice to be home. I was gone all week. I went to a pastor's conference in Phoenix, Arizona. Maybe you didn't know I was gone, but uh, I was gone this week, um, and uh, I had a great week. Uh, they have a, the Vineyard has a national pastor's conference every two years that they really ask us to go to, senior pastors, and so... Uh, it's, it, was, uh, it was good. It's a long trip, but it was really good. And I got to see a lot of my friends at pastor churches all over the country and, and got reconnected and spent some time and had excellent times of worship. And uh, it was just neat, neat workshops that we, uh, I attended that were, that were a lot of fun. But it's, uh, it's good to be home. Uh, Phoenix was very nice. Uh, I, don't, I know I'd been to Arizona before, but it's been a long, long time. And uh, they had one of the hottest weeks they ever had in May while I was out there and uh, it was a hundred pretty much every day and uh, let me tell you that uh, they always, I always heard oh it's a dry heat I don't, it was really hot I don't care what kind of heat it was oh it's a dry heat it, it didn't seem dry to me I was sweating there just like I do here because uh, it was a hundred and like when you get in the car the air conditioner never catches up to that kind of heat I, I, it seems like here my air conditioner blows past uh, it was just hot but uh, so anyway, I don't, I'm, no one, I don't hear that dry heat thing anymore. Also, we flew out there. I, I didn't, you know, I'd been to, I was at Texas, you know, I went to Texas like a month ago and did a wedding. I don't travel this much usually. I used to, but I've been a homebody for a while. So all these trips. And anyway, I didn't think how much further away Arizona is than Texas. And it's a lot further away. And so it was like a five-hour plane flight. And, you know, on the planes nowadays, they don't serve food anymore. And that's not the, see the the food thing though yeah yeah I like food but it it kind of made the time go by you know what I mean you know what I'm talking about it was a there's no food break and that, at one point like three and a half hours into it they came by and they gave out these little bags of pretzels seriously there was like six pretzels in this bag and it was like gold I was like oh yeah <laughs> you know and you're kind of like don't take my pretzels because I got six but that was kind of my that was kind of my experience flying out. Um, had a cold when I left. I still got it a little bit, but I feel a lot better than I did when I left. And I think that's about it. Uh, I was busy all week, so I really didn't come up with any bad jokes. Um, I, 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 okay, I'll do one. I'll do one for you. Knock, knock. Hatch. God bless you. Okay, okay, okay. I got one more. One more knock-knock joke. All right, this time you start it. Who's there? So I can't believe you guys went for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, all right, never mind. That's <laughs> what you guys went for. it. Don't tell the other groups. Let's see how many we can get to do it. This series is called Being. It's, uh, it's all part of, it's a sub-series of our mission, what we do, which is one more. Uh, that's what we're after, one more lost child, back to God, uh, back to Daddy. Um, how we do it is our method. We talked about being a force, and we're, we're always trying to implement those things. We're a frontline operation. 
reconciling, caring, and encouraging, a radical message, radical hospitality, radical generosity. These become uh, and should be a, a, an everyday sort of thing, encouraging two people. All this is part of what we do uh, in our lives. Why we do it, and that's what this series is about, our motivation for all this is love. Loving God and loving others. Being in relationship with God, being in relationship with others. And that's the basis for what we do. And we've talked about the, the prevailing attitudes in the culture, where people seem to find life in the culture as it shifted to being about having, uh, and that somehow that's where life is found. If you could just have enough stuff and get the right set of circumstances, maybe you'd figure out or enjoy life. But we know that life is found in being. And it's about right attitudes. And that if we can get our attitudes right, then life begins to make sense. And Jesus gave us a list of these attitudes in what's known as the B attitudes uh, in Matthew 5, 3 through 12. And I've been encouraging you to memorize them as we break them down and look through them week by week. And they go something like this. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. And this week we're going to look at the next one, which is blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. As we've broken these down, we said that the first one, Matthew 5, 3, is about humility and what that looks like. The second one is about reality. The third one is about gentleness. The fourth one is about radical living. The fifth one is about radical hospitality. Last time we talked, we talked about integrity, the pure in heart, and what that meant. This one, Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. This one I'm going to call the attitude of ambassadors. We're to have the attitude of ambassadors and it goes along with the concept of the radical message that we've been talking about which is the good news but we need to continue to talk about it so we know uh, in a sense how these things all tie together that that uh, this is part of the life that we've been called to is that we've been called to be his ambassadors we, we have this amazing message is good news that has changed our lives and has set us free and we're to tell people uh, about the good news, but we're, we're to do it in a way that impacts the world around us. And that um, because we've sort of missed the mark as a church, and, and um, rather than, than speaking into the world in love, we ended up speaking into it in a very critical way. The world just turned us off. And we lost our voice. And, and we've been secularized. People talk about, you know, a secular society and act like, you know, it's we had nothing to do with it, we're partly responsible that they secularized us because we stopped loving them well and so they turned us off. And they've, uh, being secularized means they pushed us off into the weekend. Sunday mornings were tolerated. Thank God we're still tolerated in this country. It's a good thing. And that we live in a country where there's still not that much to do on Sunday mornings. It works in our favor. But um, at the same time, we've lost our voice. And, and we have to get our voice back. And I believe we can. But it's only as we understand how we are to convey this radical message of good news and that we have to live it out as ambassadors. We're, we're ambassadors of the kingdom of God. And ambassadors are to be representatives of where they're from. And so we're to be his representatives on the earth. 
And, and that whole thing is about being a reconciler or a peacemaker. See, the, the blessed are the peacemakers, for they'll be called the sons of the children of God. See, as his children, which we are in Christ, um, we get to be his peacemakers, which means uh, we get to tell people about the message that brings peace between them and God. Because sin has separated them. It's broken the peace. But he's made a way in Christ to be reconciled, to be at peace with God once again. And so this is the message of reconciliation. That's the first point that we have as ambassadors. Uh, and we've gone over this, but it's worth going over and going over. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and then gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. That's what we've been given. This message that goes with his ministry as his ambassadors. And this message is the good news. We've talked about it. It's the, it's the gospel. It's the truth. We've all sinned, and God has made a way for us in Christ to be reconciled to him. Christ died for our sins. This is the heart of it. Was buried, and on the third day he rose, which was witnessed by hundreds of people. And if you come for our New Testament studies during the week, um, we're in the book of Acts right now, and every time Peter and Paul have preached a, a significant message, that little thing has been at the heart of it. It's the heart of the message, and it's still the same 2,000 years later. The same message the same heart of the message that moves so powerfully to change lives. And, and so his, his perfect sinless life has been exchanged for ours. He paid for our sins so that we can be reconciled to God. In effect, we can be at peace with God and, and have life with him forever. That's the good news. That's the hope the world needs to hear. That's the, that's the whole deal. Um, see, if we go and do all these other things and people don't ever get to that part, then we sort of, we've missed it. Because that's what everything else is about. The reason that we're out loving people, that's our motivation, is that we have this amazing good news that we want to share. We, we have this, uh, this hope that the world desperately needs. And they need to have it conveyed in hearing this message. And that's the message. So we are his ambassadors. That's the second point. That's what we've been called to. 2 Corinthians 5.20. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors. As though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. See, he's, he's making his message through us. He's, he's making his appeal to the world through us. And you need to get that. That, that that's the plan. There's not another plan. This is the plan that God left, that, that, that us, the church, we would be his ambassadors and that he could make his appeal, uh, his appeal for people to be in relationship with him who would come through us. We're it. The angels don't do it. Because uh, you, you would think that that would be a better plan. I, I mean, I've often thought that. Why don't the angels do this? You'd think people, because we know angels have impact when they show up. Everywhere in scripture, people fall down and stuff. They're freaked out. You, you think they'd listen. But it's not the deal. He's doing it through us. That's the deal. That's how it works. And that's how important you are in the plan. The whole thing goes through you. And, and that's the way he reaches people. So he's using us to implore others to become reconciled to him uh, so that they might come to know him. And what we drew is, the third thing is, we try to persuade people. We're, the idea of being ambassador is that we're persuaders. We're trying to persuade people. 
2 Corinthians 5.11, the last part says, we tried to persuade men or people. Um, and yet, I've got to tell you that the art of persuasion is really not about um, having great arguments to tell people. Um, I've I got to tell you that, that I've had very little impact on other people by trying to like, be smarter than them or have answers for every question biblically that they have. It doesn't, it's never, in fact, what it makes, it usually ends up in his arguments and it's never good. Um, so how do we do it? I mean, not that we shouldn't know. We should know, you know, why we believe, and that's an important part. But, but how do we actually um, um, generally get people to begin to open up to change? And, and that's where this other stuff that we do comes in. See, we've got to start to love them well. We've got we to gotta have a different frame of mind than maybe we've had in the past. That, that the church is a lighthouse. Um, and that, that people need to see... Um, through our lives about who God is. And, and so this whole idea of being an ambassador to me is really a being a peacekeeper, peacemaker, pardon me, is, is a lifestyle. It's how we live this thing. And, and, you know, last week we talked about integrity, which is a key thing in getting here, because until you really, you know, until you really decide that you want to live what you say and live what you believe, then you can't impact the world you way. Because now what needs to happen is now, oh wait, we've decided to live with integrity to the best of our ability. We're going to try and do the next right thing. Um, and now we're going to take that. And in living that out, our hope is that as we reach out and love people, uh, that, that we'll begin to have some impact to share with people ultimately the radical message. But we're going to have to have first radical hospitality and radical generosity in order for that to take place. But it doesn't stop with those things. It moves to this point at some point that we get the, the joy, uh, hopefully, of being peacemakers, helping people to come to peace with God, being restored to him forever. I mean, that's the coolest thing, right? I mean, that's, isn't that the coolest thing? Uh, you know, I love all the stuff that we do. I love to bless people. Uh, I love to make people smile. I love to encourage people. I love to do all that. I really do. It's, that makes life interesting. But is there anything better than when someone comes to Christ, you know, and, and you're like, ah, yes. And, and you, you know, you get that because you've, you've done it yourself. You remember, you, you know the change. I mean, it didn't make everything, you know, oh, but it, 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 was, it made life make sense all of a sudden. So these things all happen. And so um, we have to live in a world in such a way that we are able then to present this message where people will actually hear it um, by the way that we live because we have this 2,000 year old message but it's still completely the same message that needs to be preached today but we have to work it into a culture who really has shifted so bad that they've, they're looking about you know, having, having, having and we're, we have a message of being. And so they have to begin to realize that having isn't what it's all about. And you know, I, I'm amazing, amazed at how faithful God is for most folks that eventually it doesn't work. They finally realize at some point that having isn't what it all is, and that's when we have to be here. But if we've just been all negative and grumpy, then they don't want to hear from us. So we have to take opportunities to do little things. I've got to tell you, stuff like the car wash softens people. I, we had some people that came Easter who have never come before because they'd been to our car wash. Um, and I, they'd never set foot in the place, ever. But came 
because we touched them a little bit of the car. See how that's cool. See, it's little things. Why are you doing that? Ah, we just want to encourage you. Come. I think it's crazy. That's okay. You can think whatever you want. <laughs> it probably is a little crazy. I don't care. See, it's, you know, those things, those things are, are uh, we spread seed, right? And you remember the, 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 you know, the parable in the Bible about the sower that sows his seed? What's it say? It just scatters them everywhere. And, and some of it fall in places that don't work, and some of it works a little. Uh, and the reality is, out of the seed that's scattered, the biblical thing is there's a 25% return. There's some of the seed, you know, you kind of figure, fall on good soil. So, but the thing is, he scattered lots of seeds. See, God gives us lots of seeds to scatter. So we have, we got we to throw seeds everywhere that we can, guys. That's why, encourage two people a day. Those are seeds. Get into the car washes. Those are seeds. Invite people to church. Those are seeds. Use all the seeds that you have. A smile is a word of encouragement, a blessing. You, you, you throw it out there. You scatter it everywhere. And the results are on God. But, but he needs people that will toss his seeds out. So that's what we do. See, we, we throw them out everywhere. This is all part of what we do. Now, as far as living this thing out, that only begins to have impact... If, if we, we live it in such a way that people can receive it. So I have two quick points along those lines that I think we ought to always be working on in our lives. The fourth thing is this. We have to stop being so critical and judgmental and opinionated. We have to stop. We make judgments and, and make criticisms and are judgmental about things that we just need to quit because it doesn't do any good and it doesn't make a difference. And it certainly doesn't help anything. And we've got to stop it. I mean, we just have to catch ourselves being critical and complaining. We've got to really make an effort to catch ourselves. Because it just turn, it, people turn us off. Because it, it just gets all over us. And I'm, I'm fascinated. I can find so many things to criticize and complain about in every situation. And you have to train yourself to look at good stuff. Um, you know, you know uh, illustrations, I always think... I can, I, I can just go to Winn-Dixie and give you a million illustrations. Pull into Winn-Dixie and the parking lot's full. I start to complain. If it's been raining, I complain about the parking lot being flooded. Um, and, the par you know, and the cart's being wet or there's not a car or whatever. I find a million things. Look how many people are here. There's not enough cash. You know, why don't they have enough employees at this place? Nobody else ever liked that. And I have to always get back to, and I know you guys think it's funny when I say it. Hey, I could be out hunting for all this stuff. I'm saving so much time <laughs> that even if it takes twice as long as I think it should take, it's a, it's a tenth of the time that it could take. And it's here. And so what, why, but do you get it? That this, this, this critical thing ruins us. So that when we get that on us, wherever we go, we're not being the gentle people of integrity that have an impact on the world. We're being just grumpy, nasty people like everybody else. Who's going to hear? And listen, if you're like that, don't hand somebody an invite card, okay? Do you get it? Don't. Just keep it in your pocket until you're better. <laughs> Again, don't tell them where you're from. Hide your wristband. <laughs> it's Philippians 2.3, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourself. Uh, it doesn't mean we, we, we think people are better than we are. It means we treat people with respect everywhere. And if you're being critical, you won't do it. You'll walk in critical and judgmental, and you'll treat people badly because you're, you're, you're all consumed in you. James 4, 11 and 12, brothers, don't slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it. 
sitting in judgment on it. There's only one lawgiver and judge, the one who's able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Anytime we judge somebody else, what we're doing is considering ourselves superior. And in effect, we're playing God. And it's just not our job. And, and, and we don't know what people are going through. You know, see, people are the way they are because they got their own issues and their own things that they're going through. And if you come up against a grumpy person, it, it, you don't return it. Uh, you know, we talked about integrity. Part of it was, was treating others the way you want to be treated, regardless of how they treat you back. Because who knows what their underlying issues are? They could be going through some sort of nightmare. And they're just totally in defend mode, and that's how they keep everybody away. Don't, don't judge them. Don't be critical of them. Um, uh, and yet sometimes we judge other people because there's something in it. Something that makes us feel better about ourselves. Stop it. You're losing your, your voice. You're, you're, we're losing our impact. So we really have to work on it. I want to encourage you to work on it. Criticalness. Um, I love this quote. This is from Dale Carnegie. See if you, can, if you like this. Any fool can criticize, condemn, and complain. And most fools do. Pretty good. So let's work on that one. And this one, number five. Let's really work on being considerate. Consider it. Philippians 2.4, each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Uh, maybe a year ago now, in a series that I was doing, I shared with you the secret of life. I bet you don't remember it. Wow, um, you're really good. The secret of life is, it's not all about you. It's not all about you. Now, I'm saying that again because Easter, remember the whole Easter message was it's all about you? <laughs> Easter is. But the rest of it, it's not all about you. That means once you're in and you figured out what he's done to get you in, then life after that needs to change. Because it's not, it's about him and about living this life that he's called us to. But you never f figure out life until you grab a hold of that secret. It's not all about me. Way more to it than me. It's way bigger than, oh, he cares about me so much that he knows the hairs on your head. I mean, he cares about you. But there's a way bigger picture in this thing. And so um, we can't just be interested in our own affairs. Certainly we need to be interested, but it can't be all about that. We have to consider the interests of others. So, so let's really care about people we're in relationship with. Um, let's really look and listen for how we can minister not only to them, but the people that are in our day-to-day -day lives. Let's, let's look for ways that we can, you know, see what's happening and do something about it. Whether it's offering a prayer or, or moving into a situation somehow. Or, you know, maybe, maybe just praying for them even if you don't pray with them. But, but doing something. Let's see what we can do in that process. Let's do this. And I want to toss this out as an encouragement again. Let's not engage in gossip. Let, let's shut it down. I know we bring this up every now and again, but it's so sinister. Let's just refuse to do it. Let's refuse to do it. When you hear gossip, you, you need to just say, you know what? I just don't want to talk about people that aren't present. But it's hard to do. Why? Because it pulls you in. Gossip is this pulley thing. It's got, ooh, gossip. Don't you? It's, ooh, I got some juicy gossip. Ooh, can you? And, and you know, and we're surrounded by it. It's part of the, ooh, they love gossip. Gossip, ooh, ooh, ooh. let's decide that we're not going to do it. Let's just choose. We're going to say, you know what? Just not going to gossip anymore. Not going to do it. Not even under the guise of a prayer request, nothing. Just not going to do it. Going to choose not to do it. 
Let's think the best about people instead of the worst. When you hear gossip and it's something really bad, you're going to shut it down, and you're just not going to believe it. Just not going to believe it. I, you know, I need, uh, to, I need verifiable proof before I get there. I don't want third-hand, fourth-hand, fifth-hand information, second-hand. I want, you know, if you hear something and you shut it down, and, it, and you go, go to the source and ask how they're doing. But don't. Just don't. Uh, and uh, let's do that for one another. Let's, let's encourage each other. Um, see, and as we do then, we live as his sons and his daughters, as the children of God, showing people the way to be reconciled to God in Christ, to be at peace with him. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be the sons and daughters of God. And that's the promise that comes from that beatitude. Amen? Amen. All right. Well, um, let me shut down the video. Thanks for watching my video, and we love you guys who's ever watching, and if you need anything, call us, write us, email us, we'll do what we can, but we're going to pray as a group tonight and close. You can shut the video down, and let's pray. Father, we are so thankful for who you are, for your goodness to us, your love for us, your mercy, your grace, 